chat about uncasual things i'm luke uh and this is tony reporting from the new studio <laughs> or the temporary studio so this is the first time we've recorded outside of your spare room uh study, study? My yeah true my center of excellence <laughs> so we're we're my chamber of secrets do you want to tell everyone where we are mummy and daddies yeah <laughs> so i'm there's a cat right here beside me yeah, so that, that's what I was going to mention right off the top. There'll be no squeaky chairs unless it's the squeak of the leather under you. But my my chair's not could squeaky be a because squeaky, of the... squeaky meow. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I was going with it. There'll be no squeaky chairs, but there might be interruptions by cats. So let's see how we go. All right, so um, good week. Short week. The cat sniffing the microphone. Even pack. shorter week next week, actually. There's three days next week. Yep. So we are we going to commit to um, some Monday recordings? I would. Yep. Hi. But, but here we go. No, there's no but. <laughs> um, so these uh, these guys probably don't even know, but uh, both of us are going away for consecutive weekends. Um, so Monday we're banking some episodes. Yep. So it'll be like you don't even know unless I mentioned it on the podcast, which I just did. Shouldn't have mentioned it. Then people yeah. would have thought. So where are you going on your on your breakies then? Um, I'm going to Australia. Australia. Yep, to see family. My and friends or just family? Um, just family. Oh, no friends. No, Sad. no friends. Although I'm going on holiday by myself and seeing nobody, so I guess I can't really comment. <laughs> where are you going? Uh, San Francisco and Seattle. What for? Um, America. <laughs> <laughs> to get another stamp on your passport. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I found out um, today I have to go to Samoa and Rarotonga in June for work now. So. Right. Yeah. I'm getting a wee bit of static in one ear. Where's that coming from? Could it be that thing? That cat? Could be the cat. She's I'll happily blame the cat, put it that way. Let's just go with it and see what happens. Do you want me to move puss? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Hello. Stop talking to the cat. Sorry. Um, okay, so um, anything paranormal since our last recording? <clears throat> there was that strange thing I told you about, about of people's paths mixing. Oh, yeah. But... Um, there was some strange, but not some paranormal strange. Yes, but that's off the air only, I'm afraid. <laughs> Way to talk about it on the air. Then. <laughs> because you asked me, and I said there was something strange that happened. Yeah, just an example of a small world being yep. proving itself to be small. Yeah. Um, so shall I jump into... Th- well, so, okay, it's your week to do... Um, a story it is tell us about a, a story so inevitably probably a ufo one yeah it is oh god <laughs> the last one wasn't it, it was so was it was mysterious it was unidentified there were lights on a mountain yep unidentified I flying think, objects 
I thought they were ghouls. <laughs> um, the yeah, I posted that one under UFO. So last week uh, on the podcast, we talked about the um, Diet Love Pass incident, which was um, where something happened to a bunch of uh, people tramping through Russia. Compelling natural force. We have no idea. So when I went to post that one, I had the, again, had the same issue. What what, um, category do I post it? Yes. So I think I ended up going with cryptozoology. Mm, Because I guess after the title, so... (laughs) Yep, sure. Yep, mink. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, um, All right, so before you get to your UFO story again <laughs> I'll, I'll pose you as I often do a hypothetical question um, okay I'm open and ready alright <clears throat> okay so I've got two here I'm not sure how they'll go I had refined them in my um, work diary and then left my work diary at work huh. um, so I'm not sure how well I've how well I can recall. When them. you say you've got two, like are you throwing two at me at once? Or? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose one, and if it fails just horribly, we'll try the other. Okay. But there's no guarantee that won't fail horribly, also. So, <laughs> so let's just it might end up with rather than one good one, two half bad ones. So let's just dive in. Ready? Do me. <laughs> no. No. Um, poor choice of words (laughs) okay so it's a simple one or could be simple you can have everything you ever wanted in your entire life okay I'll take that okay sweet done easy alright so what's your story (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you have to go to go to prison and we're talking like a real scummy prison like Alcatraz back in its prime you have to go to prison for an agreed amount of time. So you get to bargain with the people offering you this. What amount of time do you bargain for? How much of your life would you give up so that the rest of your life was sorted? So when you say I can have anything I and want... And here goes the bit where we start really delving in and refining and yeah. I have to just make up answers because I yeah. haven't thought that deeply about it. Is this, I can have anything I want within the realms of normal science, or is this like a supernatural, I could become like oh, no. a 12-year-old teenager girl who wanted to become a mum? <laughs> no, this is like um, like essentially money. You okay. can, have, you can so, buy or have whatever you want. So effectively, I'm being, I'm being offered money. Yeah. So is it anything I want, or is it like, I'll give you $10 billion? You're like... The guy, you're like on Aladdin when he makes the wish and has all the money. Well, now you're saying supernatural. Gold. Now we're jumping back into supernatural, and you told me it wasn't. So okay, now I'm confused. You're you're so not like when Aladdin you say then anything you're... I want. Is it more like we'll give you unlimited money to buy whatever you want? Yes. Yes. Why, why is someone offering me this? That's not. <laughs> that's irrelevant. Because it's an experiment, and they have money, and they want to. See because it's a hypothetical question, oh, really. No. <laughs> so, are you saying that I can choose the amount of time I'll be locked away for, or would you they? You can propose the amount of time you want, and they may come back with a counter offer. So it's a scummy prison. So potentially, if I go even for a shorter time, because it's so scum scum, I will be 
rewarded handsomely because of it. Say I was going away to one of those corporate prisons where like it's all like <laughs> white collar crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's federal crimes, like white collar crime. Yeah. Like or actually it's more like club med. We just sit around and watch Poirot. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hokil <laughs> Poirot. So yeah. They are more like, yeah, it's like it's like a tropical resort, but just like set. And... No, no, you're going to like Alcatraz. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're going to get thrown in the hole shanked? occasionally. <laughs> Could be shanked. I mean, we can't control the other people that are in there. By we, I mean me and all of the people who oppose you in this hypothetical. <laughs> how, um, how much of your life would you give up to have everything you wanted for the rest of it? Knowing full well that it is a dangerous prison and you might just end up dead anyway. So here's my problem. I'm in a position where I'm like, if I lost everything now, I'd have to rebuild because I wouldn't be able to pay my mortgage and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able... This type of thing has always come back to me paying my buddy mortgage. <laughs> and it's always your house. Like, I've just said you can have anything you want and you want the mortgage... Because when you've current... got a mortgage, it's the most stressful thing in your life and you always have to pay so much money for it. You want no. the mortgage of your current house paid off and your wildest fantasies. The, like, the thing at the top of your list isn't get the best house in, in that um, my imagination could afford me. It's pay off my no, mortgage like, from my existing no, house. Like, because I think because the issue is like I saved so much money to buy a house and it's so hard to do it and now it's like any threat to me not being able to pay my mortgage is like the biggest scaring <laughs> is like the biggest fear of my entire life yeah but I'm like alright I'll have to let all that go yep here's a question yep would you wait for me <laughs> to what would you for wait episode for- 9 <laughs> <laughs> would you wait for me I don't know what you're getting at wait for you to what would you wait for me? Like, at the gate? No. You know, like, would you wait for me? Would I start another podcast with someone else <laughs> yeah, in the meantime? Yeah, like, that sort of stuff. I probably... If you start, uh, if you start like, a, a, a Veggie Burger podcast, <laughs> I'd be so pissed off. Shout out. VeggieBurgerReviews.com. Oh, I've had a... I, I, well done. You, you, there's, a, there's a certain L... <laughs> on there now. So. Yeah, yeah. I've written a review. On veggieburgerreview.com. I don't know if I'm giving out your last name on the podcast. No, I, I might bleep it. Yeah, you might want to do that. <laughs> Let me just write down the time. There we go. <laughs> yep. Or maybe it's not you. That's a good point. No one would have known until well, you, you just said it was. Maybe bleep all this. <laughs> just cut the whole lot out. Yeah. Should we start again? No, no, we're right. Okay, so I know how to do. What, what was the hypothetical again? Um, okay, so I would say five years. Okay, they come back with six. Would you do six? Yeah. They come back with eight. Would you? I do agreed eight? to six. No, no. I just agreed to six. Well, they changed their mind. They can do that. Cox. They. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say they are me, but. <laughs> um. Come back what at eight? I'd come back at six and a half. They say eight or nothing. Would you do it if it was eight? You spent eight years in Alcatraz. Oh, no. You wouldn't do eight? Not eight. You could have everything you want yeah, but for the rest eight, of your But life. I would be miserable for eight years. And I've got to think, okay, I'm now in my 30s, early 30s. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is kind of as good as it's going to get for <laughs> me. It's downhill from here already. It is all down from, yeah. Sheesh. Like, 20s, like... People like rave about their 20s, gotta say, if you're in your 20s, 30s are way better. Yeah, I reckon 30s are better 30s so far, but. Do you remember uh, that time we met those 32 year olds at the rugby? Oh, yeah. And they were like, 
They were so old. They were so they were, yeah, they were old. They were kind of happy, and I'm like, why are you so happy? You work for like a photocopying company. <laughs> photocopying. Copying. Copying company. Like a, a company that uh, prosecutes people who photocopy things. Um, Interesting. Photocopying. It's just changed my whole perspective. They seemed really happy. And I was we're like, why are you so happy? I'm like, we're those people now. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh. but you you kind of get a bit more because you, you've got a bit more success. You're a bit more settled, mm. you know. So I thought I wouldn't want to get out of there at age thirty nine, and be like, mm. I just don't think you're done <laughs> over the hill at thirty nine. I'm not saying I am, but I'm thinking like I'm really amped for my thirties, and I don't want to waste them all. Like if I got it in my late thirties, okay. So if I got it after six years, mm-hmm. okay. So if I busted out at thirty seven, I'd be like, cool, all good. Okay, so if I get out at thirty nine, I'm like, oh, there's nothing left, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's say that's the deal that's on the table eight years yep. and you decline it can I do five years and then come back and do three more in my forties no. nope eight consecutive that, years that's actually really hard actually be hard I think if you did five years and then you got out and now you had to go back and do three more years mm. in a couple of years that would be horrible I think I'd actually <laughs> rather do it in succession and everyone just be careful we're having an on air drink ready don't you dare swallow we're good. <laughs> I think I talked over it largely. <laughs> um, Odd that you insist I don't swallow because... Just carry on. Um, I was thinking if they table eight years, you decline it, right? Yes. I would decline eight years. Yeah. So eight years is on the table. You say no. In eight years' time, you're going into work thinking, I could have been out by now. I've got, what, another 25-something years? 20, possibly even more, now that they're changing the laws, before you can even retire? And not even retire rich, just retire? Do you not think in in eight years and one day you're going to regret it? When you're off to work, do not burp into the microphone, (laughs) Christ! So horrendous. I didn't mean to. Your stomach, Googled, your stomach Google before I heard that. I know, but that's. I, I thought we were free. That. I thought we were free range I didn't for bodily. Cause that on air. I was sort of free range, <laughs> free range, free reign for bodily functions. So. No. Yeah. So, do you reckon in eight years and one day you'd regret it? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, in eight years and one day you're going to regret it, but you'd still say no. My concern, though, was that I'm a, I, I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> it's probably social butterflies in prison. <laughs> yeah. And I would bust out of... I would come out of prison and... Um, oh, funny story about being a social butterfly. On one, I, on one of my online dating profiles back in the day, <laughs> yeah. I put a comment on... that When you wrote your profile, I always wrote something stupid on the profile. And I noted on there that I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> and um, the person who responded, uh, who read the um, comment, said, you seem really interesting, but you said you're a social butterfly, so I don't want to meet with you. Brilliant. I was like, oh. That's the opposite. I mean, I want someone who's quirky who likes the idea that I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> and they turned me down because I wrote social butterfly. And yeah, I'm like, probably I'm not one getting... of those weird things where it's just weeding out certain people. It is. Right? I'm like, I'm not getting rid of social butterfly. It's staying on there. Well, Fair it's enough. gone now because I'm no longer online dating. But yeah, <laughs> that was really weird. Like of all the things that you could be, everything else was fine apart from the fact I used the term social butterfly. But annoyed them so much they mentioned it. They mentioned it. They mentioned it and said that had you not used the term <laughs> social butterfly, 
you could have been in you know do you like, think they were trying to do that from like a nice place like hey by the way you might want to remove I this don't, but yeah but the whole when i replied i said the whole point of that is i'm quirky and weird you replied to it yeah i was like i'm quirky and weird <laughs> well, appreciate yeah. appreciate the you know the constructive feedback but i only wrote social butterfly because i found that amusing and someone who wanted to be with me would also find it amusing that i that i'm a social butterfly why would you not just ignore it because I wanted to validate why I said social butterfly. <laughs> to the person who refuses to date. It was a really weird kind of... Well, it wasn't so much sure dating. sure is. It wasn't so much dating. <laughs> just date you for a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not that long. Anyway. All right, so... So you're talking about butterflies. No to... So, I like monarch butterflies. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> no. What? You'd say no to eight years, knowing that in eight years and one day you'd regret it. I don't understand the logic there. I just don't want to lose in my thirties. I think is my key thing. But hey, eight... seven years. Yep. You'd do seven years yep. in prison. I'd do seven because I get seven out... and a half. No. You wouldn't do seven and a half nope. years. I'd Six measly months. Seven. On top of the max. I would get out. I would be seven years and four months. Yes. So there's a line somewhere between seven years and four months, and seven. Because that gives me just months. just over a year and a half left in my thirties. I can enjoy. <laughs> okay, so seven years and five months. No, we did four. We're doing that. No, no, I've I, locked it in. <laughs> but you don't get to. What do you mean? I just locked it in then. Someone else makes the rules, and that someone else is me. Okay, then no. You wouldn't do seven and a half. Mm, you said five. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Getting my amount of I did the like point five of a year rather. Than... I would do seven years, four months, twenty one days as a maximum. Okay, so they come back with seven years, four months, and twenty two days, and you decline it. Yeah, you don't regret it. That. But the thing is, I'll say, all right, I'll do twenty two, and then you're like, oh, we'll do twenty five. Like <laughs> that's the whole thing of this. Like no matter what I say, you always go longer, and I'm like, oh my god, he's onto me. Second <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> as long, but we're there. All right, no further questions, Your Honour. <laughs> oh, thank you for the high praise. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, you you'd choose you wouldn't choose eight. You know you'd regret it, but here we are. We're here. Problem solved. We know where We're that done. line is. So if anyone can uh, grant Tony everything he wants and all they require, Did you from say grant or grunt? Grant, grant. Grant. <laughs> if anyone can um, grunt, make that happen. Lock Tony up for seven and a half years or just under, um, and give him everything he wants. It's a deal from Tony. So make it so. Thank you. All right. Oh. So jumping over now to your story of the week. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me along to tell my tale. Um, what do you think this is about? UFOs. We already. Ooh. We already said UFOs. Did I? Yes. Did I? Yes. Did I? Yes. This is actually about sea serpents. <laughs> okay. Is it USOs? No. Nope. Unidentified submerged objects? No. Okay. Well, this is a twist in the tale. You want another twist? Carry on. It's actually about UFOs. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I told you. That tale was about sea servants. Why did I even let myself get fooled by that? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, this one is a, is, a, is a yarn I, I quite like. Um, 
I've actually invented a new phrase for that. It's called shan. I invented it myself. Shan. Like a shite yarn. Oh. So is it a shan or is it a yarn? It's a yarn. Okay. This is a fully fledged F you in the face yarn. I definitely invented that myself. Go on. Okay. <laughs> so um, have you ever been to 1964? Um, is it an address? 1964 no, it's a Broad Street. <laughs> yar. It's a yar. No. Right. Have you heard of Socorro, New Mexico? Yes. Ooh. I think so. Have you ever heard of Lonnie Zamora? No. Lonnie? No. I've heard of Lonnie's. Famous, famous Lonnie. I didn't say I knew any famous Lonnie's. Name me a non-famous Lonnie. <laughs> I don't know any non-famous, but I've heard of people that are. <clears throat> right. This is one I've, I've quite liked for a long time, just because it, it deals with a credible witness. So Lonnie Zamora was a police officer. Mm-hmm. And um, the outcome of this is completely unexplained. So, spoiler alert, couldn't solve it by traditional um, methods. So, uh, Project Blue Book looked into it. Nah. What nah. is that? I think I figured out. I think I figured out what the buzzing was. I think it was my laptop next to the mic. Oh right. So I've just moved it. So we talked about Project Blue Book. And we talked about the um, crazy beast in the Beautician and the Beast episode. Where oh, yeah. It was that US Air Force project that investigated UFO phenomenon. Yep. And it led to um, J. Allen Hynek, who was in charge of a lot of the investigation, uh, coming out as a um, UFO. Uh, believer from a skeptic <laughs> yep. and creating the That's right. first, second, and third cl- close, close encounters. encounters. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, so let, let's 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 just sort of bust on in down to um, this one here. So um, it's been a busy week for me. So I've done a have done a, a shallow dive. Yeah, but I do know the story quite well, so I might Prove throw it. a bit in here. Prove it. All right. Um, At this point, I don't believe you. I have no reason to believe you. So an intriguing case of a UFO sighting with physical trace evidence is that of the 1965, and I said five knowing it was four right in front of me, 1964 <laughs> landing of an unknown craft witnessed by policeman Lonnie Zamora. Can I just jump in there? Uh, according to Urban Dictionary, Lonnie is a man of great size and stature, known to be honest and loyal. He's the strongest guy in any given room, the first one you call when you're moving, intelligent, engaging. Fathers beg him to marry their daughters. What do you think? Here he is here. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Would you call him when you're moving? <laughs> Would you beg yep. him to marry your daughter? Looking at the mugshot, I'd say <clears throat> yeah, he'd probably know how to lift a fridge. Oh, I would. He's dead now. R.I.P. Okay. So probably, probably don't call him to move. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Zamora incident began at 5.45pm on April 24, 1964. And I chose that because it's nearly April 24 today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a coincidence. Uh, in Socorro, New Mexico, 31-year-old, same as us, Policeman Lonnie Zamora was on patrol when he was passed by a car which was obviously speeding. Obviously. Obviously, naturally. Peculiarly speeding. 
Zamora took off in chase of the vehicle, but suddenly heard a loud roar in the distance, accompanied by a bluish-orange flame rising into the sky. Ooh, sea serpent. Yeah, that's that serpent we were talking about earlier. <laughs> he knew that there was a dynamite shack weird uh not too distant from him but he thought at first that there had been and, and he thought at first there had been an explosion there so he's like oh you know the dynamite shag where we keep our dynamite and he was like oh yeah it must have blown up mm-hmm. so like better go check that out so he's like all right speeder off the hook baby right drop the charges <laughs> spit off abandoning the chase for the speeder he pointed his police car in the direction of the shark he radioed his activities to the sheriff dispatcher. Oh, sorry, it's my phone vibrating. <sighs> As Zamora proceeded towards the rising smoke and flame, the aftermath of the explosion seemed to disappear and reappear because of the rising and dipping roads he travelled. So a bit of terrain, upsies and downsies, and mm-hmm. yep, he's seeing it there. The route he was on was a narrow gravel one, and it ra- wound around, come on, who writes that? <laughs> wound around a small gully. As he approached the location of the shark, he noticed in the shark as a sea serpent approaching a shark <laughs> shack, he noticed in the distance a shining object anywhere from 100 to 200 yards away. His first reaction to the sight was that it was an automobile that had overturned and its gas tank had exploded. Upon a closer look, however, he discovered that it was an oval-shaped object. He said that the object was about the same bulk of a medium-sized car. It was an elongated oval-shaped object on grinder-like legs. You want a picky? What's grinder-like legs? Do you want a picky? Yeah. As in, do I want a picture, that means? What does that mean? What does that Legs, then. Yeah, like they have extended out from each... Oh, yeah. Other... Oh, when I say grinder, I mean Gerda. <laughs> I'm thinking of the, say, I'm thinking I of got... the gay social dating um, <laughs> app Grinder. I was thinking, um, have I got to the age of 31 and I don't, and there's some sort of like extendable <laughs> legs I don't know about? Grinder legs. Like uh, every grinder I know has been. Like Lonnie like, got on. Tool. Lonnie logged on to Grinder to see if there were any hot guys nearby, <laughs> to see if they they were involved in the wreck. Yeah. <clears throat> So he was drawn to the unusual red insignia on the side of the object and then noticed two beings that he thought at first to be children dressed in white overalls. He recalled that one of the children seemed to jump, in parentheses, became frightened upon noticing him. Regaining his composure, Zim, composure, composure, Zamora immediately radioed the sheriff's office the details of the incident. He decided to get a closer look at the strange scene before him. He then heard a loud roar and saw a bluish flame shoot out of the underside of the object. Afraid that it was about to explode, he fell to the ground to protect himself. Next, he saw the object lift off from the ground and head southeast, flying in a straight line for about 10 to 15 miles. The grinder legs that he had seen (laughs) earlier had disappeared. Having intercepted Zamora's earlier radio transmission, State Police Sergeant Sam Chavez, Dr. Chavez, some would call him, (laughs) arrived at the scene just after the craft disappeared into the sky. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Weird UFOE theme, Bobby. So let's recap. Okay, so so we, he uh, Zamora's like sees uh, flame in the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
thinks the dynamite shack is explosion, mm-hmm. heads there, finds this egg-shaped object on legs sitting mm-hmm. on the desert floor, yep. sees two children-sized people, mm-hmm. um, people in white suits, well, f- humanoids, yep. wandering around. Yep. They see him, he sees them, everyone freaks out, crazy humanoid children-sized figures race back into the egg-shaped object, mm-hmm. And it shoots off into the sky. So this turned up in Project Blue Book. Uh, it was in, it was recorded in Project Blue Book. Yes, mm. they investigated it. Interesting. So to jump into the web of the investigation, so the first military investigator on the scene on April twenty-five, so the next day, uh, was Army Captain Richard T. Holder, upper-range commander of the White Sands Proving Ground, along with an FBI agent from the Albuquerque office. And uh, there was uh, a couple other people from uh, local Air Force Base uh, turned up for Project Blue Book. And uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek of Blue Book fame arrived mm-hmm. on April 28. Um, so what? this is sort of what Hynek threw together. Um, and this is sort of the idea, this is sort of some of the comments that were made. So um, present when we arrived was Officer Zamora, Officer Melvin Catlauf, and Bill Pyland, good old Bill, he was there, Billy Boy. All of the uh, Socorro Police Department who assisted in making the measurements for what the indents were in the ground. Mm-hmm. When we had completed examination of the area, Mr. Burns, Officer Zamora and I returned to the State Police Office at Socorro, then completed these reports. Upon arrival at the office location in the Socorro County building, we were informed by Nep Lopez... Sheriff's Office Radio Operator that approximately three reports have been called in by telephone of a blue flame of light in the area. The dispatcher indicated that the times were roughly similar. So uh, three other people mm-hmm. seen the same thing. Yep. Multiple witnesses. Yep. So this is what Zamora told <clears throat> the investigators. So the noise was a roar, not a blast, not like a jet. Changed from high frequency to low frequency, then stopped. Roar lasted approximately 10 seconds, was going towards it at that time on the rough gravel road. At same time as roar, saw flame. Flame was under the object. Object was starting to go straight up, slowly up. Flame was light blue at the bottom and was sort of uh, was light blue and at the bottom was sort of orange in colour so blue at the bottom of the craft and then sort of orange in colour thought from roar it might blow up when the roar stopped heard a whining sound going from high tone to low tone which lasted about a second then there was complete silence it appeared to go on a straight line and at the same constant height possibly 10 to 15 feet from the ground and it cleared the dynamite shack by about 3 feet object was travelling very fast it seemed to rise up and take off immediately across country wow and then following on from that there's a 1968 report from an atmospheric physicist at the University of Arizona that uh, they learned of an alleged patch of fused sand at the Socorro site. So where the, obviously the flame had emitted, it had fused the sand, almost mm. like, um, I guess, like when... Like uh, when so they're making glass. Yeah, so a patch of melted and solidified sand right under the landing area. Mm. Um, so this person analysed the plant fluids exuded from the scorched greasewood and mesquite plants, and they said there were a few organic materials they, uh, they noted that they couldn't identify. 
but most of the sample was just sap. And shortly after they'd done the work, the Air Force personnel came in, took all the materials, and said she wasn't to talk about this anymore. The person who investigated this wee potch of few sand. Wow. Interesting. So, um, so two additional witnesses um, submitted statements to uh, Dr. J. Arne Heineck on May 29, 1968, so a wee bit after the incident. Uh, in May of 1978, uh, Ralph C. DeGraw, an Iowa investigator, interviewed these two people who had given the reports to Heineck. So they said they were driving just southwest of Socorro about 6pm that day when they noticed something shiny and a cloud of smoke near the ground in the vicinity of the town. Later they heard a newscast that Zamora was sighting and the significance of what they had seen became more apparent. So this witness said they had watched a round saucer or egg-shaped object ascend vertically from the black smoke. After climbing vertically out of the smoke, the object levelled off and moved in a southwest direction. He said the object was silvery and had a row of apparent portholes across the side and a red Z marking toward one end. Interesting. At the time, he thought it might have been an experimental vertical lift craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, an FBI report dated May 8, 1964, so not long after the incident, notes that Zamora had been personally known for about five years and is well regarded as sober, industrious, and conscientious and not given to fantasy. <laughs> The report also confirms the scorched foliage and the imprints, noting that each depression seemed to have been made by an object going into the earth at an angle from a centre line, pushed from earth, sorry, each depression seemed to have been made by an object going into the earth at an angle from a centre line, and each pushed some earth to the far side, so obviously some mm. weight, yep. so pushing out on the side and some weight. Yep. So two years after the sighting, uh, one of the an Air, an Air Force uh, major of Project Blue Book confided to intelligence specialists in a classified CIA uh, publication that the Socorro case remained puzzling. With the help of many other agencies, he had conducted an exhaustive check of military activities looking for an explanation, but he could find absolutely none. Interesting. So as other officers and investigators arrived on the scene, so we're going back to the actual scene, they discovered deep landing marks and footprints on the ground. FBI and Air Force personnel soon joined local authorities in the investigation and found bent and burned brush in several places surrounding the spot where the object had sat. Measurements taken by police verify that there were four indentations on the ground. The distance between them formed a quadrilateral whose diagonals intersected at a roughly 90 degree angle, so it looked like something quite perfect. Purposely designed. Mm-hmm. Zamora was known as well-respected, reliable police officer with no hint of impropriety in his life, personal or professional. I love these old-fashioned terms. <laughs> he described the event in detail to all who reviewed the case, including renowned UFO investigator J. Allen Hynek, who represented the Air Force at the time of Zamora's sighting. Immediately after the incident, he made a drawing of the insignia he saw on the side of the craft. This is where it gets a bit interesting, because there's always a bit of dispute around the actual insignia. Yep. Although the Air Force's blue book was notorious for either debunking or misrepresenting cases they looked into, I was surprised to read that the CIA evaluation of the incident was as provided by the Freedom Information Act. The following document was made available for public inspection on January 2, 1981. 
So it said, there is no doubt that Lonnie Zamora saw an object which left an impression on him. There is also no question about Zamora's reliability. He is a serious police officer, a pillar of his church, and a man well-versed in recognising airborne vehicles in his area. He is puzzled by what he saw, and frankly, so are we. <laughs> this is the best documented case on record, and still we have been unable, in spite of thorough investigation, to find the vehicle or other that scared Zamora to the point of panic. That's pretty telling then. So, sort of rounding this one off, so J. Allen Hynek, who interviewed Zamora on more than one occasion, believes every word that Zamora said, however offers no explanation for his sighting. So in Hynek's own words, there is much more evidence to indicate that we are dealing with a most real phenomenon of undetermined origin. Hmm. Interesting. I've actually um, heard in other cases of that, um, you said uh, right back at the start there was a red, like, Z-shaped symbol on the side of the craft. I don't know whether I'm thinking back to um, when I've heard of this case or if I've heard of it in other cases, but um, those symbols and markings being one of the things that were um, talked about as potentially being um, uh, from either... Uh, extraterrestrials marking things as hazardous or you know mm. like a that sort of thing with like red being a maybe a universal universal color for hey this is dangerous yeah danger yeah. exactly yeah 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 so i don't know whether i'm thinking back to other cases or whether i've heard of this one where where that's popped up i would i i really struggled you know to actually find out what was actually the symbol on the craft so the picture that um i showed you earlier has a different symbol to what was shown on an image so there's an image here um which is what zamora drew and it's pretty a pretty terrible sketch (laughs) he was no he was no artist yeah so there's just an oval with another oval sorry sorry lon lon definitely no artist um but it has um so the symbol is sort of a semicircle with a with a arrowhead and a line underneath that arrowhead. Yeah, is effectively what's being drawn. Right. But I haven't quite yet been able to um, prove. <laughs> you haven't been able to prove it. Yes, <laughs> haven't quite been able to prove exactly what uh, what we've got. Or nail down from a source what was reported. Yes. Mm. So um, there are a few things that Zamora had actually seen a particular thing. He'd, he'd confirmed witnesses and um, investigators what he'd actually seen. Mm-hmm. Um, at the point of podcast, I'm still investigating exactly <laughs> what he saw. It's all right. It's a shallow dive. These so yeah, sketchy symbols, <laughs> sketching sketchy symbols. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean. I, I just think the, there's lots of different symbols that are sort of featured online. I just can't quite get to the bottom of what exactly hmm. was what. What do you think the nature of this um, story is? Um, I don't think that this was earthly origin or mm-hmm. a military operation. I think this was something quite legitimate of extraterrestrial origin. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was a very small craft, so whatever it was had come down, in my opinion, from a larger ship right. of some origin. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. For it to, I find it interesting that, like, you know, you think of the, um, when you hear of UFO stories, like, the craft often will just lift off silently and move away. This thing actually had, like, a proper flame underneath mm. it. That was quite evident. Well, it did for 
it's kind of vertical takeoff or it, landing. It blasted off, yeah, and then it went silent and took off. Yeah, um, it was yeah. So that's a little bit unusual. Um, so whether this is, I don't know, whatever these for the, these creatures dressed in white, whatever they were, they seem quite humanoid in appearance, but they were about the size of children. Is mm. what I was saying. So again, sort of speaks to the fact that often when extraterrestrials are sighted, they are quite small. Oompa Loompas. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> in comparison to um, tall people, uh, you know, that's, that's I guess a common thing. But I don't think these people think these don't seem like the traditional sort of grey alien types mm. either. This seems like yeah, it's interesting. Else. Interesting like, to even um, to even be mentioning that they were dressed. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the last time we spoke about it was potentially um, on Beautician and the Beast, which I think is episode episode two. Yes. Um, there was talk of that potentially being a exos exosuit. Of, That's right. Of yep, some where sort something well. was rocking about inside. Yep. Inside its hot body. <laughs> yeah. All right then. Any more to add? I. This is a very well reported case. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of stuff online, lots of videos online uh, about the Zamora incident. It's always been one that's fascinated me because it seems so real. There was good trace evidence on the ground, so footprints. Yeah. Um, there were these um, leg markings where this craft had landed. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people saw it. and It was a police officer as well. We, exactly, and when people tried to investigate it, there was really no... Even Blue Book said, "Can't." Yeah, there was. Can't been, and, and for me, this is like one of those cases where I believe, like Heineck would have been like, "This happened. There's evidence this happened. There's a great witness here. There's other witnesses who saw it too. I can't explain this. This is why there is actually something to this phenomenon. And mm. I think this is like a very much a case for Heineck, where he said at the end about you know, some, there's you know much there is much more evidence indicating that we're dealing with a real phenomenon of indeterminate origins. He's like okay, I'm actually starting to come around here. This is no longer just nonsense, this whole phenomenon. Actually, something's happening here. I don't know what it is, but I'm now more towards a believer than a sceptic. Yeah, so it's, it's, I don't know what it is, but that by, by its very nature is quite a big admission. Yep. It's, I don't know what it isn't either. That's right. And it comes yeah. down to cases like um, the Rendlesham Forest incident. Have you heard about that? Nope, but we'll probably do an episode on it. Um, we're again a respected military person, or a respected person, in this case military origin, sees a craft with an unknown object, an unknown symbol on the side of it. Yep. Um, there's trace evidence. There's... Um, really clear um, it's, it's really quite clear that something actually happened here hmm. and you really just can't ignore it anymore I find um, it fascinating if you if you take that leap and say okay it's not of this earth to even fathom the fact that this thing not of our earth not only has that technology but also has symbols and symbols that are important to plaster on the side hmm. of a thing like that is mm. that in itself tells you a lot about something. Unless they're not symbols, we just see them as symbols because we know of symbols. Yeah, and I guess if we had a craft going to another planet, we'd have you know some symbol on the side of it. Mm. Um, that's what we'd always do. You'd always have some symbol on to identify who it belongs to. Yep. And um, yeah, but the, but that's the thing to identify who it belongs to, meaning 
there's a civilization, there are factions inside that civilization, that faction owns this thing, this thing now has their markings on it. Yeah. There's a huge amount that comes out of just having a symbol on a craft. They've probably got some big budget of uh, graphic design and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. other has to go through to it's sort great. of high-ranking people for approval, and they're like, hey, we're going to change our logo now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sick of our weird Z thing. Let's change it to something else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a graphic design department on that... Sp- uh, in that um, what do you even call it? That uh, flying saucer-esque... Um, elongated egg. Yeah, that elongated egg factory has a graphic design department. They paint it on, probably by hand, because they're perfectionists. <laughs> they're good at what they do. Very good. All right. That's it. I'm, I'm kind of done here. I think there's lots more online about Zamora and the incident, and yeah, like I said, like there's docos on YouTube and that sort of stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's worth... It's worth looking into. It's a good case, mm-hmm. and it's one for me that really cements my belief that there's something weird in the sky that we can't explain. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thanks very much. I'm done. I'm out. Um, one thing's just occurred to me. Did you bring the book? <gasps> I forgot the book! <laughs> so one of the side effects of, um, of potting out of on location, I guess you'd call it, is that... Um, the studio used to have, or still does have, the 1982 edition of Reader's Digest Mysteries of the Unexplained. I knew I'd forget something. Which we, <laughs> which we used um, to randomly generate a paranormal story to read out in the segment we call Get Me Some Strange. So, what are we going to do here to end on Not a Downer? Do you want to just Google one? Mm-mm, or yep. do you want to, like, crank prank call someone <laughs> so I just googled get me some strange yep mm. and what happens so it comes up it says to have sex with a different woman after being with someone for a length of time man I got some strange last night Is that- or to have a one night stand or anonymous sex or to have sex with a different person than one is having sex with regularly Johnny let's you and me leave Sally and Terry at home and get us some strange how's that and on that note <laughs> We'll catch you next week. (laughs) Toodaloo.